Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week I talked to Christine Sullivan, the new president of the American Society of Safety Professionals, about the current state of workplace safety and what she hopes to accomplish in the next year. And now, on to the interview. All right, I'm joined by Christine Sullivan, the new president of the ASSP. Welcome to uh, EHS on Tap. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And by here, we're actually at the uh, ASSP's conference in Chicago. Um, and uh, thanks for uh, putting this on. It's been a great event so far. Um, I was wondering, starting off, if you could just tell me a little bit about yourself. You're new, uh, brand new into the into the role of president, but you've been around. Yep, I've I've been with um, a volunteer with ASSP for many many years. Um, started my volunteer um, way back in 2001 um, with the Colorado chapter, and then moved into um, different roles with the PDC Planning Committee. Then moved into professional development, um, finance, and then most recently into president-elect and then obviously now the president of the society. So done a lot there. Um, from a personal standpoint, I work in the insurance industry. I am the risk control leader for Sompo International, which is a Japanese um, insurance company. Okay. Well, congratulations on the, uh, the new position. Um, what do you hope to accomplish uh, as president of the ASSP? You know, ASSP has done a lot over the past couple of years and, and changing, but one of my big um, initiatives is obviously DEI. Um, I am very passionate about that area. I have a lot of um, personal experience in that area. My daughter was adopted in 2011 from China. Mm -hmm. um, so having experience with, you know, having a mixed race family has definitely been something that has really opened my eyes to, to the need for um, more awareness in that area. Um, you know, I also have a son that's in the theater industry, and my oldest um, son is gay. So again, understanding what, sure. what goes on in that area. So those are very areas I'm very passionate about and making sure that we um, continue to improve and make sure that what we do and, and safety is accessible to all, not just, you know, a select few. Um, and is that a message that, you know, you kind of feel hasn't been heard uh, as well as it could be over the years? And you feel like that's... It's getting, getting there. It's yeah. getting better. Absolutely getting better. Um, you know, we have uh, obviously a DEI task force that worked at ASSP um, and has done a lot of work in that area. And it is an area that's that has seen a lot of focus, but it's an area that we want to continue to improve. Okay. Um, and what are some other? Uh, I know you've had a couple of things. That sure. Um, emerging professionals is something I'm very, very passionate about. Right. Mm -hmm. this, the safety industry has continued to age. Um, and getting, getting younger folks into the workforce, I think, is really important um, and helping them understand. I was fortunate enough to have people help me and help me get into the, the field. My, my first um, mentor in this field was actually a gentleman that I interned for when I was in college many years ago. Um, he is now my boss. Um, so many years later, he is now my boss. Um, we, we worked together for a year and then 20... Eight years later, we started working together again. Yeah. So, you know, I think making sure that we, um, as safety professionals, that we're helping um, young professionals understand and how they can grow in their role and move forward in their role, making sure that they have that um, that opportunity, giving those, them those opportunities to move forward, and and just really being mentors for them. Are, but it's so are, important. Uh, I, I don't know the numbers. Are there, uh, in terms of young professionals entering the safety field, are there you know, I guess, uh, is it a shortage or is it, do you feel like there are more, more people kind of getting into it? I, I don't know the numbers either, yeah. um, but there are definitely more people getting into it. You're seeing much more with the university programs, more of an emphasis on safety, um, you know, and risk management. A lot of the schools are starting to 
focus more on that, some of the universities, some of the colleges. So there's definitely more, mm -hmm. but it's really helping them understand what the role can be, right? Because yeah. people don't go to school to say, I'm going to be a safety professional. Right. Yeah. They're going to be a business major, or that, right, or an engineer. Um, so really helping them understand what that role is and how they can be successful in that role. And how do you sort of get the word out to do that? So we, ASSP has chapters at the various universities, what we call our student chapters, that okay. are sponsored by a local chapter in, in particular. We, um, we continue to open student chapters as universities get more interested um, and have more interest in the area. I, I actually just spoke to a student chapter in Pennsylvania oh. that is, is relatively a, a new chapter. Um, so we do continue to, to get that out there. We actually um, have some folks that will go and talk at high school career days okay. yeah. and you know, really help people understand what's out there. Um, so, you know, sort of, I guess, expanding the subject, you know, looking at workplace safety, you know, across the country, you know, what are sort of, what's sort of your assessment of sort of the current state of it? So COVID has actually changed a lot with workplace safety, right? I, if you look back two years ago, people didn't even know what the word PPE meant, right? right? Yeah. And then, and then COVID came about and, and safety professionals kind of elevated in status, you know, and, and what we can do and how we do things. And everybody knows what PPE is now yeah. and a, a mask and things like that. So we are definitely, the awareness has increased of what our role is. What I do think needs to happen though is now we need to, as safety professionals, continue to help employers and companies understand our role and how we can continue to improve and not just in the small area of, of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. It's other things. And how do you continue to move things forward in the safety process? Yeah, because obviously, you know, slips, trips, and falls have been around forever. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's kind of getting, getting companies to pay more attention to it, and hopefully now you've got a little more of a platform to do that. Absolutely, and I think it's really important for safety professionals to understand the business need, mm -hmm. right? Because I can't just go in and say, well, I'm going to stop your slips, trips, and falls. Right. What do, what do I get for it? If I have to invest in floor surfacing, or I have to invest in footwear for my employees, or, or a different cleaning program, you know, what's the ROI on that? So it's yeah. really important that um, safety professionals have those business skills to be able to talk to executives in the C-suite and give them the information that they need to make good decisions. Yeah, because they're competing with folks, you know, who are trying to get, you know, money from leadership for, you know, to improve the bottom line. You, have, you know, the safety professional have to come, you know, with the, the argument that, you know, we can save money by not having... You Correct, know, right. Workers, but it's, so it's safety people can do that. Yeah. You know, if you tie safety to profitability and quality, you know, you, you can look at tying all those together, and they really do all impact each other. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, as we mentioned, we're at the... Uh, 2022 uh, ASSB conference. How's it been going so far? Have you seen it? Conference has been fantastic. Um, our registration numbers are um, up uh, higher than I was, to be honest, personally hoping for. So we've, mm -hmm. we've got um, just over 5,500 total attendees. Um, that includes both in-person attendees as well as virtual attendees. We are simulcasting the, the mm -hmm. conference um, virtually as well. Uh, more than 4,000 of those attendees are in-person um, with slightly more than 1,500 of them um, being on the virtual side. Did you do uh, an in-person conference last year? We did an in-person conference, um, kind of a slimmed down in-person conference, mm -hmm. and we actually did it in September in Texas, which is a little bit different. Typically the ASSP conference is in June, right. um, but with COVID it, it was delayed till September, and we did have that conference there, but the numbers were about half of what we are this year. But you're, yeah, you've seen people are coming back. People going, are definitely coming out. back. Yeah. 
people are excited to be back, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look around, people are excited to be back. Some of the sessions, you know, I walked by a session this morning that was standing room only. People were actually standing out in the door trying to hear this, the speaker. Um, so people are excited to be here. They're excited to see people in person. They're excited to learn. You know, the exhibit hall is full of attendees talking to exhibitors that we haven't had to, an opportunity to see in a couple of years. Right. So really getting to talk to, to the exhibitors and understand what offerings they have for, I work in the insurance industry, so for my clients or for the companies that they work for. Um, where's uh, next year's conference going to be? Do you know uh, next year will be um, early June in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, okay. Be a little warm, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little warm always, here in Chicago, actually. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. Um, what uh, what does ASSP have planned for new initiatives uh, this year in terms of standards or anything like that? New standards can come up all the time, right? Mm -hmm. We may learn something that's out in the workplace and a new hazard or something like that where we will make a decision to do a standard. But we're also, you know, as a worldwide leader in standards, we're continually revising them and looking at them and making sure they meet the current exposures that our clients and our customers are facing. Has that focus changed because of the pandemic in terms of just, you know, paying a little more attention to certain things like PPE and... You know, I don't know that the focus has changed. We still have a lot of the same... The hazards are the same across the board, right? Sure. You mentioned yeah. slips and falls earlier, right? The hazards are the same across the, the board. We do see a focus on, you know, the, the COVID type or pandemic type responses. The other area that I've seen a lot of interest in is business continuity and, and paying attention to what happens if there's a pandemic or there's a major incident in my facility. How am I going to keep myself in operation? Uh, and with the focus that the pandemic kind of forced, were there things that were kind of getting uh, less attention that should be kind of, you know, maybe it's more the everyday risk like, you know, you mentioned the falls, but, uh, you know, are there things that you're sort of trying to point out that people shouldn't forget about while they're worried about you know, PPE and viruses and things like that? You know, as the pandemic has gotten to a state that where we are with whatever we want to call it, where people are coming back to work, one of the things we're really seeing people have to focus on and put an effort into is taking people back into the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Because they've been working from home in a different environment. So working, working at home on your bed is very different than working in your office on a desk, right? So paying attention to those changes in the environment that their employees are exposed to has become um, really important to employers, even just the indoor air quality, right? You, yeah. You've got all these people back in an office building that hadn't been in there and we've changed the ventilation because of COVID or we've turned things off. So for example, some of the hotels have turned systems off because they were shut down mm -hmm. and they turned them back on and we have potential for Legionella and right. things, yeah. other, other type of exposure. So paying attention to what does it mean to restart an operation um, is going to be really important and, and is really important right now. Um, and then I guess also just with people coming back to work and not maybe having been around other people for a while, there's sort of the issues, you know, workplace violence or, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, getting along with others that maybe they, you know, when they're in their own home, you know, don't have to think about so much. Workplace violence um, has definitely become a significant issue, not just within the workplace, but also, for example, um, a valet where an employee, a, a homeless person might come up and attack them or mm -hmm. in a hotel where somebody walks in and they're not happy with the room they got. And instead of just having a conversation about it, they go over the desk and, right. and you know, do something or, or, or 
violent, I guess, with the front desk attendant. You know, there, there's a lot more exposure that we're seeing out there in a lot of those type of incidents since COVID where people are a little bit frustrated and tend to not have the patience that they used to have. So really paying attention, um, de-escalation, helping mm -hmm. folks understand de-escalation techniques, helping folks understand potential civil unrest and what type of exposures they're gonna have um, potentially in an area, you know, elections, you know, the, the whole uh, Supreme Court decision this right. week, all those things. There's a lot more protests going on. A lot on. of protests going on. So really being aware of their surroundings and making sure that people are aware of their surroundings and understand what to do. Um, and, and I guess in, in general, do you feel companies do, I mean, obviously companies are so many, but like uh, a decent job with kind of, you know, looking for those sort of, uh, I guess, warning signs when, when violence is involved. You know, I mean, obviously it seems like people have to kind of pay more attention to, you know, the folks that work in, you know, in their buildings now. I mean, you just, you know. People are definitely more aware. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of companies, it's, it doesn't, it can't happen to me. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that. They turn a blind eye until it does happen and they get that aha moment of, oh, we've got to pay attention to this or, you know, we've got to be aware that this is something that could happen to us. Maybe it happens to a competitor, mm -hmm. right? a very close competitor. Um, but there are definitely awareness in, of the issues that are going on out there. Now it's more along the lines of how do we prevent it? What do we do to help ensure that our employees are safe in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, are you seeing more of an uptick in sort of spending on security measures than maybe before? Yes, yeah. definitely, particularly in like the real estate industry, the hospitality industry, um, prevention through design. So making mm -hmm. sure that, you know, when you're looking at an apartment building, for example, or a retail strip shopping mall, what does the exterior look like? Meaning, what does the um, landscaping look like? Are we, you know, having areas where people can hide? Are there, mm -hmm. you know, so people are definitely much more aware of that and paying attention to it. Not just putting up cameras, but really what does the whole, you know, holistic picture look like? Uh, are there any other sort of areas um, of concern or uh, focus that you got sort of as, uh, as we move into the last half of this year? For me personally? Well, for, yeah, I guess, yeah. For, for me personally, I think, you know, one of the things that I've, I really stress with companies, with other safety professionals that I work with is more than compliance, right? Safety compliance, OSHA compliance is necessary, mm -hmm. but it's a bare minimum. Right? If you're going to be a very successful company and you're going to be a leader in your industry, you've got to look at a big picture and look at it from a, from a whole holistic risk management standpoint and really understand the exposures and not just worry about, did I have a lockout tagout standard in place? Mm -hmm. Did I have you know, my HASCOM program in place? Because if you only focus on what the compliance is, you're going to miss the big picture. Are you seeing more folks doing that now? Uh, is there sort of a trend towards that? Definitely, definitely yeah. seeing more folks look at things from a holistic standpoint, looking at you know the total worker health experience from a risk assessment standpoint. So really understanding what the exposures are of their employees and potentially their customers, guests, third parties that are in their properties. Um, yes, yeah, let's talk a little bit about total worker health. I mean, uh, you know, seems like there's been a lot of progress in that over the last couple of years, and obviously, you know, we've been at a time where you know people's uh, emotional states are you know becoming more to the to the forefront, um, you know, what can you talk a little bit about sort of the progress that's been made uh, with Total Worker Health? There, there definitely has been a lot of progress in that area. People are paying attention to it more, as, mm -hmm. I, as I've said a couple of times, right? People understand. Now it's figuring out how do you deal with it? How do you deal with the mental health issues that are that are affecting 
you know, our kids that have been home from school for a couple of years, you know, adults that are, are very stressed in the workplace. So really understanding and, and dealing with those issues, we're definitely doing a better job of it. There's still a long way to go. Yeah. Well, Christine, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you for your time. No problem. That wraps up episode 116 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. Mm-hmm.